0: Pokeballs. balls, 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Valissy podcast, a study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle, Peter. He will say words at you. Here is your thought of the day, and it's the problem with things that smell good, because what I'm talking about is generally beauty products. I have to use moisturizer to keep my skin from falling off. So I use moisturizer and the problem was moisturizer has a smell and I also wear cologne and the cologne has another smell. Now both those smells independently are quite good but if you mix them together, they smell weird. And this is one of the problems with products that have smells and in fact, I believe that most products should have no smell just so that you would be able to combine them more effectively. I have walked past many, many girls who clearly every product they use has a different nice smell, but then the sum total combination of those things is not a good smell. You can tell they're supposed to be good, you can tell there are good smells in there, but you cannot actually smell any single thing that is good because there are conflicts of some sort going on. In fact, it's so rare that two days ago, a woman walked past me and she smelled very fresh. And I would actually say like a very good fruit. And at this moment, two days later, I'm still thinking about how good she smelled. So I don't know if this is a message to manufacturers because maybe you should stop putting scent in your things, even though I know that's probably a big selling point for a lot of the things you make. Or maybe this is a point to consumers. When you get things that have smell, you're going to have to start considering the combination of those smells in total, not the smells individually. Cora question, have you lost a street fight since you became a black belt in martial arts? I I have a really big question, is how many street fights are people really getting in? Are they getting in street fights regularly? Are they getting in street fights often? Because I have never once in my life been in a street fight. I barely know anyone who has. So I don't think this occurs as often as people think it does. I don't get asked this question, like, have you ever lost a street fight? People tend to start with, have you ever been in a street fight? But they don't actually phrase it that way. The, the question I get most often is, have you ever had to use your martial arts outside of the club? And then the answer is no, And they always seem a little disappointed because they're not going to get a cool fight story. But the reality is, and I think I've actually said this more than once now, so I might have to retire this topic, is once you get a black belt in a martial art, you've put so much work into it, you don't want to go into a street fight. Street fighting is kind of beneath you. But there's a secondary issue. Usually black belts, if they're good ones have a sense of responsibility. Like I'm not, it's irresponsible for me to get into street fights. So there's that. There's also the confidence that comes with it. So because I am not easily intimidated, people come up, should they even try to pull attitude on me? I just turn around and walk away. I don't care. So when someone tries to start, a fight, like, hey, what you looking at? I just say nothing. And if they try to keep going, I just either turn around and walk away or, you know, something. I just, I'm not going to engage in that with that person. And there's very little they can do because what they need, what a lot of people seem to need to start a fight is some sort of you know, false justification for it, some kind of reason. They need you to react. So as you walk away, they might call you a name or something and you don't re- react to that because I'm an adult and I've been an adult for a long time and that kind of thing doesn't work on me anymore. I've had a joke that I now use fairly regularly when people try to peer pressure me into things where I just look at them and go, for peer pressure to work, I have to consider you my peer. So that's something you can use. That's a welcome, that's a podcast gift to you. Should someone ever try to peer pressure you and you don't want to do it, just use that line on them. And what you've actually done is vaguely insulted them and it'll take them a moment to figure it out. But it is the truth. Someone who calls me a bitch or a pussy or something as I walk away, if they call me afraid, I'm an adult now and that doesn't bother me anymore. That has no real effect on me. So that's one of the reasons I will never get into a street fight. No one's going to be able to push my buttons. And that is partially down to the fact that I fight on a regular basis and I train in martial arts. And that goes into having the confidence that goes with it. But basically, if someone is a responsible adult and has trained in martial arts their whole life, my expectation from that point is that they've never been in a street fight and never will get into one. So spoilers keeps coming up since I did an episode on spoilers not really being a thing, which was scientifically backed. So people who are taking the opposite stance are really having trouble arguing because they're saying what they prefer versus me using this is what science has told us. They did a study and found out that people's enjoyment of entertainment is not diminished by having surprises or twists spoiled. In fact, because they were able to process that information more efficiently because they understood what something that was going to happen in some cases they actually increased their enjoyment of the show or the entertainment that they were watching now the other part of this it sort of explains why you watch a movie with a twist and then the second time you watch the movie you actually might enjoy it more because you know the twist is coming that means spoilers are not as much of a big deal as people make them out to be but people keep arguing with me on this And again, they're basing this off their feeling and their opinion because they want to have something they're outraged about. And I find it interesting because people freak out less about real world issues compared to when they freak out about media. So the twist in a show that they're watching, the end of Game of Thrones, something like that, people will flip out and they will argue. And then when I say the spoilers don't matter, they're not really a thing. They get really, really upset. And I think it's because you're taking away the most interesting part of their personality. They have decided that media is now how they define themselves. So the shows they watch define them as a person. So if you ruin that show, you're actually in a way ruining their personality because they won't have anything to talk about when they get to whatever the twist is. Now, I had kind of assumed that spoilers weren't really a thing when spoiler culture took off because there was a time before spoiler culture had taken hold. And people just kind of understood that if you're going to talk about shows and TV and movies with other people, if they hadn't seen it, that was kind of their problem, not yours. So if I'm sitting with two friends and we want to talk about a movie and some other friend has not seen it, that's on them. I think there should be a grace period. This was one of the the actual topics is how long should you wait before talking about a movie in front of people who haven't seen it. And I was pretty strict. I was saying if it was a movie in the theater, you'd have to give them about a month. And then it's fair game because if you haven't seen it in a month, you don't really care that much because you didn't get off your ass to go see the movie. If it's a TV show, I would say a week, maybe even just a couple days. And if you complain about it at that point, it's your fault, not everyone else's. And also, the level of anger that people demonstrate when a show is spoiled for them shows that their lives are completely empty and meaningless and they have no value. So for me, the issue is from the very beginning, people getting upset about spoilers felt like manufactured outrage. I once had a semi-argument with someone, and I said, why are you getting so angry about this when this is just a form of media? It's not important in any real way. He said, well, it's important to me. And I said, but there are other things going on in the world. So there was the issue in America at the time with the abortion ban in Alabama. I said, why aren't you this upset about that? And he actually said to me, because that's far away. So something that's far away that's real is less important and less vital and less worth getting upset about than a piece of fictional media that has no real value or impact on someone's life. So there's this kind of I want to be first mentality that goes along with it because then when they know the movie, when they see it, they start pushing other people. They start saying like, oh, I know what happens. The twist is great. You should see it. And they push people to do the thing they did. And that's another thing that bothers me for some reason, but on a much lower level. It's because they're trying to get you to adopt the same values they have and care about the same things they care about. And that means they're not actually thinking about you as a person. They're not saying, I think you would enjoy this movie. What they're really saying is I enjoyed this movie and therefore you should live your life like I do mine. And that's an attitude that gets to me because it actually demonstrates that you don't care about other people. You think other people should be like you. There's a couple things to keep in mind. One, spoilers are not really a thing. They don't matter. They're about pieces of fictional media that have no relevance in real life or the real world. And if someone accidentally ruins a movie for you, they haven't actually ruined the movie. Your actual experience won't be diminished. That has been scientifically proven, and you, your opinion is less important than science. But I think most importantly, what we need to do is take a moment and realize that other people don't need to live their lives the way you live your life, and other people don't need to care about the same things you do, and that media is not a substitution for a real personality. Just to let you know, I'm going to Canada for a couple weeks, which means uh, Podcast will be on hiatus. Of course, there are 150 episodes on the internet right now, so you could download all 150 of them and start at the beginning and listen to them all by the time I get back. Uh, if you're missing my voice, you can get that. Uh, there's also my other podcast, Ninja News Japan, if you've never listened to that. It's a whole other 80 episodes of content you can listen to. It's all about Japan and Japanese news. So for the summer, in most places, it's really hot. Take care of yourself. Have a good summer. I'll see you in a couple weeks. This show, because I just talk about a bunch of general things, tends to almost become an advice show regularly. And I think that's partially because I'm old. And when you're old, you have a lot of experiences and you think things. And then you want to share that information with other people and so that they can avoid some of the problems you've had in your life. Now, I have been on the internet since it was founded. So that's something you need to realize. The whole time the internet has existed, I have been on it goofing around, making dumb content, all this kind of stuff. From day one, there were trolls. And I once, uh, this is about, this was many years ago, posted a picture of myself and I had a black eye. It was a really tough day at judo. I was actually kind of proud of myself um, that I'd fought really hard. So I posted this picture and that is always a mistake because if you post a picture of yourself, people are gonna make fun of the picture. I was ready for that. I didn't really have a problem with someone saying I'm ugly or something like that. No big deal. But there was someone who posted, as a comment, learn to duck. Now, the thing is, I was doing judo and actually got the black eye from sort of wrestling. If you duck while wrestling, you're actually smacking your face into the floor. Great way to get a black eye, by the way. Now, I hadn't given the story behind the black eye, so they didn't know. I actually explained the situation, and then the commenter, the same guy, said, you suck. And I realized that this was a person who was just going to take an alternate position at all times, and there was no real benefit in fighting them. But at the same time, for some reason, I didn't want to let it go. So I needed to come up with a strategy to frustrate the troll to the point where they gave up. Now, I had in the past explained the situation clearly and honestly, and then told them that they were kind of toxic and just kept that going again and again and again. And they, they just call you an asshole and stuff. And then you just say, well, that's an example of you. Being toxic. So you're actually proving my point every time you comment. Then I realized that there is a more entertaining way to frustrate trolls. And that was to agree with them because what they want is for you to get upset. What they want is the negative reaction. And so they need to keep poking at you until they get it. So if they don't get it, they're going to keep poking. But as long as you give them attention, they're going to keep coming at you. When someone posted learn to duck, I said, wow, that's really good advice. I'll keep that in mind. And then someone said, you suck. I said, that's very insightful. I hadn't thought about that. Then someone commented, you're a pussy. I said, that is a wonderful discovery, something I hadn't known, and something I will absolutely work on in the future. So you can see the trolls are trying to get the negative reaction. They're trying to get you upset. But if you continually agree with the trolls, then there is no point, there is no actual benefit to them trolling you because they're not getting the negative reaction. They're not getting the frustration that they want. But because you are responding to them, they they have that kind of obsession. They always come back to try again, if you keep engaging them. Now, this positivity, this agreement, is a really easy thing to keep up. It's a non-thought. I don't have to think too hard. I tried to come up with some sort of nice, complimentary ways of saying thank you. So I tried to say thank you in a different way every time. But every time they would come back again and it would come back a little harder and a little harder and a little harder. And then I would just get more thankful for the insight and advice they were giving. And it got to the point really quickly where this was actually entertaining me because the troll was clearly getting frustrated as they took their shot again and again and again, and it failed again and again and again. Should you venture out into the internet, which is a dangerous place, don't go alone. Please remember that actual kindness is a surprisingly effective way to defeat trolls, only because they don't understand how to get around positivity. I work for an international company and I deal with people from all other countries. It's pretty sensible. Uh, One of the things I deal with often is groups of Americans. So we'll have a training process, uh, onboarding and stuff, and it will be a group of Americans. Now, I spend many, many hours with these people, so I have gotten to know some unique traits of different countries, but Americans are the ones who are the most noticeable because when you have a group, they actually behave differently from other people. So one of the things that some of my coworkers make fun of is I get really annoyed with how specific Americans are when you ask them where they're from. If you say, Peter, where are you from? I would say, Canada. Now, if you ask me more than that, I would probably say Vancouver, which isn't necessarily true because I moved around a lot, but I would say Vancouver because it's the most famous city I lived in. It's the one you're most likely to have heard of. And that either will launch a conversation about Vancouver, the city, or end the conversation because you now have an answer. Americans, on the other hand, get down to the streets that they lived on and they really want to know the specific places. And I find this a really weird phenomenon because they will take an excessive amount of time to go to incredible detail about where they lived despite the fact that no one else knows what they're talking about. Because when you say, I lived in Chicago, I have never been to Chicago, I've never seen Chicago. If you are on the north side, south side or something, that makes no difference to me because I actually am only vaguely aware of where Chicago is in America. I know it's on the right side, sort of. Having my unique position, this is, some of the, this is some of the stuff that I have learned about American culture. They really, really care about the details of where they live, that's important to them as a people. Now, not being American, I will make comments about America as a country or a concept, and these don't always go down well. I've had more than one group say to me, why do you hate america so much now my criticisms are usually not that strong it's either something in the news right now or it's talking about the metric system now the metric system is usually where i launch off because there are only three countries that do not use the metric system it is america myanmar and liberia now liberia has the highest amount of cannibalism in the world And I think those two things are connected. I think not using metric and cannibalism are now inherently connected. There is a correlation that cannot be got away from. So if you support a non-metric system of measurement, you also support cannibalism. And that's clearly a joke if you're a sensible person. But Americans, when they hear this, because it is anti-American, and that is how they will phrase it, they take it as something to defend, take it something to argue. Now, for calculations, base 10 makes a lot of sense, where the imperial system that the American use. And it's the imperial system. It is literally a system from another empire that they've adopted that they refuse to get away from. And that to me is the weird part. The other thing is the military in America uses metric. Why? Because it's easier to calculate. It makes more sense. It's just one of those things that once you start using it, it actually works. This is an argument that Americans often will start to lose because there is no real logical reason For them to continue to use this base 12 odd system when they could use a simpler, more logical system that gets them in line with the rest of the world. And I think that might be the part. Them falling in line with the rest of the world is bad when they feel the rest of the world should fall in line with them. And it comes from this idea of Americans being the best, which they're not. They are the best at some things. Again, I'm not unfair. America is certainly the best at many, many things. They are also the worst at many, many things, and that's the bit that people seem to get really upset about. I am Canadian. Canada has a lot of really good points, has a lot of really bad points. They tried to censor all their scientists a few years ago. That is a really bad thing for Canada to do. But they have fairly good social systems and a fairly good sense of the world and how they should interact in international politics. I live in Japan now. I lived in Japan for a long time. People don't seem to know that there was a eugenics program actually in place until fairly recently in Japan. They were sterilizing people who had diseases and conditions. They were doing this. It was not a secret. Japan is a wonderful country. It has a lot of really good points. But it does have its dark underbelly. Every country does. And no one likes to seem to really examine that dark part. But this takes me to when Americans start losing an argument they fall into this very scary mode of conversation because when they start losing an argument, they actually start threatening you with genocide. And I know this because they've actually said it more than once. It is especially true if you come from Canada, because I have heard the phrase, you're lucky we just don't. And that'll be followed up with some kind of form of takeover or invasion, or just wiping you off the globe completely. You're lucky we just don't turn around and invade. You're lucky we just don't destroy you all. You're lucky we don't just nuke your whole country. I have heard that, the first part, multiple times. And that in itself is a bit terrifying. That Americans in general are comfortable threatening you with genocide. They're not in control of the military, by the way. And these are not military people. These are regular citizens who are comfortable with the idea of threatening genocide to the rest of the world. So their solution to losing an argument is a military action. And I think that might be one of the core issues and one of the big problems that Americans have in general they've somehow been taught that because their military might is so great that they are the defining center of the universe. So it's not about being a good person. It's about being mightier than other countries. So you should do what we say or die. And that to me is an incredibly terrifying road to go down and something that Americans need to stop and think about. Because if you're comfortable threatening genocide casually to someone who said that you should use metric instead of the imperial system you might not be a good person from a good country anymore the loss of 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 podcast Velocity podcast you know hey sexy friend he's making me his bitch thank you for listening if you have questions or comments you can tweet at Velocipeter or email velocipodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, or go to velocipeter.com/podcast. So I don't think this occurs as often as people think it as often as people think, as often as people think it does.